Well, hello, my sweet, illegitimate children, and welcome <laughs> to the Weirding Hour. <laughs> okay, yeah. Nice, nice. All right. Um, I'm Rhea. <laughs> I'm Bothwell. I'm Nita. We are the Weirding Hour, and we talk about weird topics each week whilst also doing a little craft. We're going to talk about self-care secrets of the ancients today. Uh, and we're also going to be quilling. Quilling is rolling up bits of paper and using them to make a picture. But if you're me, they're just rolling up bits of paper. <laughs> feeling happy with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Also, some of our topics are not from ancient times. Some of them are just from times. Times? Cool. Get in there with the disclaimers. Yeah. yeah. How I didn't do the homework. Yeah. Again. We are not journalists. We are not professionals. We are barely even researchers. But uh, we do like to tell each other stuff. So but we've got some headsets and we know how to record on Skype. So Just about. You're so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm starting this week with my self-care secrets of the ancients and I'm going to talk about corpse medicine of course you are <laughs> well and you you might well be asking what is corpse medicine Maria? yeah I have no idea yeah. what it is but I am so ready for it well <laughs> to listen not to do it probably I Okay, so corpse medicine, it's, it's, it's a lot like how it sounds. Uh, it is, it is definitely, uh, can you guys hear my stomach going? No. no. Okay, good, good. Is it, is the corpse medicine making you hungry? Uh, yeah, fucking ravenous. I feel like, I feel like by the time Terrifying. you're a corpse, it's too late for medicine. It's true. Once you're a corpse, it is too late for medicine. But if you're not a corpse and you can find one, then you can make corpse medicine. Oh. Yes. So basically, you can use a dead person to cure all sorts of problems. Um, it, it, not really. Sorry, guys. Uh, but people in the past definitely thought you know what, there's a spare corpse going. I think I can think of a use for that. Um, and, it, and it was normally to make medicine. Uh, there were other uses, but we don't want to talk about those. Let's not so, talk about those. <laughs> corpse medicine kind of started, um, or at least the first recorded incident of it is uh, in the Roman era. So um, people at that time were doing things like going, hey, these gladiators look super fucking powerful. Look at them fighting so hard. And they're all like, you know, trained and angry and fighting. And oh, one of them's dead now. I, if I drink a little bit of their blood, I could actually have some energy and be just as powerful as these, as these powerful fighting gladiators. So um, people would do that. I love that they didn't think I'll follow their workout routine or eat 50,000 eggs every morning like they do. They were like, you know what? I Give need me to the blood. Drink, drink their body fluids. 
it's it's a lot quicker it's more efficient and you don't have to put in as much work you know like yeah, it, they're right there the blood's leaking anyway you know <sighs> you don't even have to open them up no no it's so easy uh so i'm gonna go through a list now of various times and things that you can cure with your you know readily available human corpse um here's one i dug up earlier exactly it's so convenient and it really will help cure all ills so i will go through now some of the um some of the things that people in the past used corpse medicine for uh so starting with a fit of bleeding so if you've had a fit of bleeding i'm not actually entirely certain what a fit of bleeding counts as yeah uh, where? so this this specifically is written about a young man called richard baxter who was uh, 23 um and it was in the 17th century england and he had he had lots of issues he had pains in his stomach he had daily flatulence and joint pains and scurvy and 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 an achy tooth and all that kind of shit but somehow daily flatulence yeah daily flatulence drink that corpse juice exactly exactly do you fart every day fucking eat a bit of human flesh you'll probably fucking be... eat it fucking find a bit mix it up have it um so a fit of bleeding i'm not entirely certain what that means he maybe he cut himself maybe he was bleeding from his tooth i don't know it's not specific enough baxter had a fit of bleeding but it could be cured apparently by applying moss that had been grown on a human skull oh so there was a 17th century physician who was called john pemmet or pomet um and he apparently uh created this medicine where he found a specific moss on skulls that were imported to england from germany um and they and so it would be crushed to a fine powder and it would be used to stop bleeding so it would be applied as a salve so if you've got a fit of bleeding maybe you've cut yourself maybe you've got a nosebleed get a bit of that skull moss and and just uh, shove it on there you'll right. be right Look, as rain i've got some issues F firstly <laughs> firstly why is he putting moss in a cup because that does not sound hygienic that is literally putting bacteria and stuff into an open wound secondly of all why is it so specific in terms of it must be skull moss <laughs> what about all the other moss that you get on you know like i don't know the ground outside trees rock moss tree yeah. moss all those all those mosses ground moss uh because ground moss <laughs> has not have the power it doesn't have the power you've got to grow it on a person's skull yeah. guys you didn't appreciate my amazing pun of christmas <laughs> oh I, no merry christmas good. is that when moss grows on a man called chris i don't know it's just me an excuse shut up <laughs> um anyway moving on so if you've got a receding hairline you can promote growth uh by uh making a liquor of hair 
So you can get the hair from that corpse, grind it up into um, a little, I don't know, probably a bit of alcohol and then apply it to your receding hairline. And that hair will come back right as rain. Oh, OK. I thought you were going to say drink it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I suppose. No, I could probably go no. with applying to hairline, but I'm not fucking drinking it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe do a bit of both. A bit of both, um, just to be sure. Um, guys, if you're suffering from jaundice, powdered hair taken orally can help that. No. So, uh, so if you didn't want to drink the hair liquor for your receding hairline, do do drink it for your jaundice. Can you powder hair? Uh, yeah, you can powder anything if you work hard enough, Nina. <laughs> believe in yourself <laughs> if they'd only told me that at school I may have made something more of myself oh well you know you pound it hard enough you can powder anything hey eh? <laughs> words to live by um so have you guys been suffering with cataracts Butterwell probably she's older rude <laughs> are your eyes uh covering over with a white film are you finding it difficult to see well get a bit of human excrement no grind it into a powder and then blow it into your eye no <laughs> i'm sorry which doctor and very much see there's air bunnies going on here who no no you're not you're not gonna get some blow human excrement into your eyes no okay well you know fine to each their own bobs to each their own um how about your teeth are you are you getting any problems with your your teeth not if you're gonna suggest that i blow poo at them (laughs) (laughs) well uh no 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 not at all you should take um a tooth from a corpse and uh wear it around your neck as a oh i can okay necklace. i can do um, that or if um if you really want it to work get the corpse's tooth and just touch it to your decaying tooth and that'll help no yeah i'll go for the necklace pop, yeah pop pop a corpse's tooth in your mouth Nah. Swill it round. Nah. <laughs> right. All right. I mean, guys, it, it sounds like you don't really want to cure any of these problems. <laughs> You're not trying hard enough to get better. Yeah. That, I think that really is the issue. What about warts? You guys covered in warts anywhere? <laughs> I don't even want to know what you're going to suggest I put on those. <laughs> I just really like the thought of that being the way Rhea starts a conversation with people. <laughs> Hiya, how are you? My name's Ria. What about warts? Yeah, what about warts? What's your wart situation? Yeah, you you got them all over your butt. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So there was a uh, collection of folk cures that were written in 1893 that suggested that uh, coffin water is good for warts and the water... um, with what is which... coffin water? Like so like water that you would have gotten from a coffin. Uh, that is so gross. Oh, it's or so like, like the sweat on the inside of the. Oh, but... No. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, or like really. if you've if you've washed a corpse, then you would maybe use the water that you washed that corpse with. That's um, better than that's not than as bad, yeah. Old box sweat. If I had well, a choice. Either way, oh. that's um that's good for your warts. You, what, so you just pop it on them. Warts, get them coughing water. Do you put it on the warts or do you are you uh pouring it, this? It doesn't say, but into... uh, to be safe, I would both drink it and apply it to the warts. S- smart woman. That's I'm gonna do neither say. of those things. <laughs> <laughs> well, you shall remain warty forever. Do you know what? I currently don't have any warts, but if I get any, do you know what I'm going to do? Not put bits of old body sweat on it. I'll go to the pharmacy. That's no, what I'm I'll not. do. I mean, do, right, we, rich. do what you like, boss. I mean, it, it sounds like you're not. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. You sounds like you're privileged as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. When you're not privileged, you need to go and dig up a corpse. Makes sense. It does. It does. Um, right. So. Uh, epilepsy is another thing that uh, a human corpse should be able to help you with. So you can use fingernails, skull, or even a bit of dried human heart to help cure your epilepsy. Um, And those might be mixed with mistletoe or um, peony root. So yeah, cure epilepsy with any of those things. Probably the dried human heart's going to be the most potent. Um, and then sometimes people, if they were being a bit fancier, um, I'm quoting from Sug there, um, you would infuse the water um, that you were trying to cure your epilepsy with lily, lavender, mounsey, and three pounds of human brain. That sounds like a lot. Yeah. Yeah, eat it. Eat three pounds of human brain. <laughs> who found this out? Like, who actually found it out? Also, I love that your response to that sounds like a lot is, yeah, it is. Eat it. <laughs> it's a lot. Now fucking eat it. <laughs> Get that down, you. Uh, <laughs> no. Um Guys, I just want to remind everyone listening that actually I'm not suggesting that you use any human corpse for your cure-all. Just for fun. No. Yeah, just for fun. We're not yeah. doctors. We can't guarantee that they'll do anything, but... Um, we can guarantee just, that it won't. If you're in it for the, the party, then who are we to stop you? Yeah, I exactly. Really, I really want to know, like... The doctors who said to do this, like who accidentally, well, who powdered a poop and then blew it in someone's eye and went, <laughs> oh, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> they can see now. You know what? I've had one drying on the windowsill for a few months oh, and I've been God. really wanting to try it out. I'm so glad you brought those cataracts over here. <laughs> drying on the window. <laughs> oh, that's, where, that's, that's where you, where lob, you keep your turds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or the airing cupboard. Either way, perfectly fine. <laughs> Either are you guys suffering from uh, hydrophobia or rabies? No, but if I was, you were not the person I'd be telling because yeah. I imagine you'd start running at me with some piece of a corpse. <laughs> well, 
um, you can use ointment of human fat and cinnabar um, to uh, help cure rabies. So, yeah. Uh, what cinnabar? Uh, cinnabar is basically cinnamon. Oh. Well, that's yeah. not too bad. Yeah, no, human fat and cinnamon. Don't Love think it'll work. But... but yeah, I mean, it's probably not the worst thing in the world. Um, but I think you can also use human fat for for all sorts of things if you if you really want to. But um, yeah, if you've got rabies, if you've got a friend with rabies, just um, lipo some of that fat out of your body and mix it with some cinnamon and give it to your friend. And, and you, you saved them. And you've uh, lost a bit of weight in the process, if that's what you're aiming to do. Yeah, fab. So. Um, I've finished my list of various things, uh, but I wanted to just mention something called King's Drops, which King Charles II of England um, would use King's Drops. Um, so that would use a human skull and it would be mixed into a concoction um, and added to alcohol. And then he would be given the King's Drops. He was trying to use this, I guess, to like stave off death or what have you but it's kind of interesting because it king's drops could mean two things because it was for a king but also he did use his dad um to make medicine oh he used charles the first skull that's yeah. not what? Yeah. That's that's not respectful of, of your dad, is it? Did he hate his dad? Did they not get along? Uh, or was this like a, out of a respect and wanting to take on his powers? I, mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. But um, yeah, maybe take on the power. Yeah, uh, who knows? Anyway, mix a skull into something and it will help you with lots of stuff. Probably, maybe. Um, but they weren't all kings who were used for this. Um, in fact, I think one time, Nina, you mentioned about using mummies found in Egypt and grinding bits of them up to have some medicine, to take on some power, to basically... Yes, just... I absolutely remember talking about that myself. Definitely... <laughs> Yep. Learn, learning as I do this podcast okay well you did um so, <laughs> but um if you couldn't get an Egyptian mummy uh sometimes uh doctors made them so they would make corpses into mummies and then they could grind those up and give those to people as part of medicine um which they is... could but should they <laughs> Probably they shouldn't, but some of them did. And I think, oh, oh, yeah, this is good. Uh, so also sometimes people would take the flesh from people who had been executed on the gallows. Um, what, what for? Uh, <laughs> I think pretty much anything, you know, oh, as any part of... Just to like, give it a go, like all these yeah. things. Well, because there were all sorts of different parts that you could use for different medicine. And sometimes the medicine was like sympathetic magic. So like, you know, if you've got an ailment uh, in 
I don't know, your chest, maybe you'd have like a bit of lung or something like, I don't know. But sometimes the it wasn't. It was just a corpse's magic. Here, have a bit of it. You know, so it it wasn't entirely consistent, but it does seem like most of the stuff is related to skulls and also anything that you could easily powder seemed to be the best option. <laughs> Convenience. Um, yeah, convenience, absolutely. Obviously. Um, and then kind of because executing a criminal or, you know, whatever is, it's kind of an intense act and it and people would go to view it for that kind of intensity. Um, and so there was kind of like this association of power with the intensity of that act. So then taking some flesh from an executed criminal to help with whatever ailment you had was considered kind of a good idea um but yeah it's a bit weird because like this is all like european stuff and yet in like um you know various periods um certainly in the victorian era when people were starting to travel a bit more and explore new places they would come across cannibals in like you know in inverted commas primitive places and then they'd be like, oh, that's so disgusting, whilst then also taking a tincture of whatever that happened to have a bit of human skull in it. So, like, they never, there, there wasn't that connection between what we're doing and what, uh, weird hypocrisy. Um, uh, yeah, that's it. The end. Ta-da! Nice. Thank you. Gross. And I'll go. Nice. Nice. So, Nina, you're up next. What you going to talk about? Is it grosser than what Rhea talked about? Is it grosser than what Rhea talked about? No, not even a little bit. Wow. Because I'm talking about actual self-care. <gasps> that kind of works. So I'm talking about ancient Egypt. Ancient Egypt. And from what I've read, they were actually quite good at like finding stuff that was effective at a lot of things um and apparently they were super advanced with like medicine uh relative to the time period so i'm talking a bit about medicine and then a bit about self-care because in ancient egypt it was all kind of wrapped up as one mm -hmm. um everything they did in life was to get have a good life in the afterlife and part of that was like really maintaining your hygiene and looking after yourself physically and stuff like that. So it's all kind of tied to it together. So magic, religion and science was all used together in ancient Egyptian healing. A sick person could consult a doctor, a magician or a priest or a combination of any of those. And a practitioner of one might be a practitioner of another as well so like it might be a priest and a doctor and that they'd cure problems with medicines incantations and prayers and different combinations of each um, and medicines had many forms including pills ointments inhalations and enemas mm. yeah no um no. so <laughs> i'm going to start with medicine so doctors separated different injuries into the three categories so there were treatable injuries which they handled immediately there were contestable injuries which they considered not to be life-threatening 
So the patient just gets observed because they're expected to live without treatment. Um, and then there's untreatable ailments where doctors won't wouldn't intervene. Okay, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, so they had some natural remedies for stuff. So I'll just give you some examples. Um, for asthma, they'd make inhalations of honey and milk, sesame and frankincense. For headaches, they'd use poppy seeds and aloe. Burns and skin diseases, they'd use aloe. Pain relief, they'd use thyme. Um, breath freshener, they'd use mint. Oh, nice. So, yeah, a lot of these things are like you can see how it might help, like using aloe on burns and skin diseases. They are they didn't understand why, but a lot of the stuff they used was effective. Mm -hmm. Just basically trial and error, I think. So there's a is it papyrus? Papyrus. Papyrus. Yeah, papyrus. Papyrus. So the kind of ancient texts and stuff there's one called the Cahoon papyrus and it's one of the oldest medical papyri which is apparently the plural of papyrus papyri yeah papyri papyri that's papyri papyri probably papyri and anyway so it's one of the oldest ones and it deals with gynecology ooh mm. So uh, a section in it that's about pregnancy and testing for pregnancy has methods that include, quote, the placing of an onion bulb deep in the patient's flesh with the positive outcome being determined by the odour appearing to the patient's nose. So you shove an onion up there and if the woman can smell onion, then she's pregnant. What? I did say some of these were, were good. Again, <laughs> was this doctor designed? And which doctor is it who connected the nasal passage to the vagina? Um, yep. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff about smell. So I've got another couple examples, and these I think these are like direct translations as best they can be. So I'm just going to read it how it's written because it's amazing. So this one is examination of a woman who is ill from her womb wandering. Uh, oh, you it's should... just like that thing where it goes into your shoulder and stuff that you talked about before. It doesn't say what that is. Okay. I just think it sounds really funny. Fuck, my womb's gone for a wander again. Uh, where is it? Yeah, shit. <laughs> so you, it, they're in this format where they're like, this is the examination. You should say... If they reply this, then you treat it like this. So examination of this womb wandering, you should say of it, what do you smell? <sighs> if she tells you, I smell roasting, you should say of it, is it wrappings of the womb? <gasps> you should treat it by fumigating her with whatever she smells as roast. Oh. So if, if her womb is wandering... And she spells something roasting, then you fumigate, I presume, her womb with whatever it is she can smell. So yeah. <laughs> pump some smells up there. So like stick her, her in front of away. Your, your Sunday roast. <laughs> well, Wash just, it in just, there. Yeah, just over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not in. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've got another one. Probably so... no room with all the onions up there. 
Oh. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. That sounds like she is the roast. Oh. You know, like you you put an onion put in an the... onion up there. <laughs> yeah. mm. No, it's just it's just fumigating. You're not roasting the woman. Okay. um so the next one examination of a woman whose eyes are aching till she cannot see on top of aches in her neck you should say of it it is discharges of the womb in her eyes oh you should treat it by fumigating her with incense and fresh oil fumigating her womb with it and fumigating her eyes with goose leg fat. Who is this Dr. Fumigates <laughs> who loves to waft smells at women? <laughs> and then just at the end of it, I know they mean ass as in donkey, but it's written, you should have her eat a fresh ass liver. <laughs> Which just sounds like they want her to have a really fresh liver. <laughs> um. So I've got uh, a couple of famous alchemists slash ancient doctors that uh, one I thought was cool and one I thought was great. So just let you know about these guys. So Renuatum, I'm going to say that's how you pronounce it, uh, would have his patients eat a certain weed that was growing along the River Nile. And he also created a lotion from it that you'd apply to an effective area. And then you'd wrap it in white muslin and send, he'd send them out to walk along the Nile in the sun so that the sun god Ra could heal the patches of red scales. And in 1974, Massachusetts General Hospital, along with Harvard Medical School, created a medicated lotion called methoxysalin, which was derived from the Nile weed. And when combined correctly with UV light, the lotion inhibits the overactive growth of skin cells of psoriasis so this thousands and thousands of years ago this dude was making a lotion from something that they've used today to treat psoriasis because it well that uh, you know until they were wandering around in the sun to ask for Ra's help like that sounded quite logical i much prefer this doctor to dr fumigate yeah this guy's a legit i mean yeah they're all legit for their time but i, I just mean, like Oh, you're a woman. It's so cool. Have you tried fumigating your vagina? Maybe <laughs> you'll turn into a man and we can stop, I don't know, being bothered with you. Gases up there. It's, uh, yeah, fumigating the vagina is something that I imagine Gwyneth Paltrow, if she hears this ever, she's going to get straight on that. Oh, yeah. I, I imagine she does didn't it. Every she already day. Do a, didn't she already do a thing? Uh... Oh, she's done lots of things up your thing. Yeah. Jade egg. Yeah, mainly the jade egg. Next. Um, so this is my next doctor. You guys are going to love this dude. So I think I will pronounce his name Arinakti. Arinakti? Whatever. I, you, I guarantee it's wrong. Um, but he was doctor to the royal palace. And among several other titles that he held, he had the position of Neru Pehut, which translates as Herdsman of the anus. Huh? Oh, yeah. Should have known. Should have known. So his proctological expertise was not a one-off. His predecessor, Kui, was another 
anal guardian who combined the role with his skills as a dentist to ensure that both ends of the Farah's digestive tract remained in tip-top condition. Well, you know, good. He's a doctor of holes. You just bring him a hole, he'll... He'll doctor it, yeah. Go. Yeah. (laughs) So that's... um, that's a bit of medical stuff. And now I'm going to move on to self-care, the actual topic. Nice. Um, so there's loads of famous ones from ancient Egypt, which I'll talk about in a bit. But um, because it was tied to the afterlife and their religious beliefs, they were super clean. So a morning ritual for someone living there would be once you wake up, you bathe straight away and every household, no matter the class, had some form of a basin and a jug used for washing the hands and showering. And they also had foot baths made of stone, ceramic or wood. Um, so you'd get up, you'd bathe. And then before you left the house for the day, you'd put on your wig and you'd clean your teeth. And wigs were worn to prevent lice, but also they were more comfortable in the heat and they made personal hygiene easier. Um but some people actually just shaved their hair and then wore like a head wrap. So wigs are obviously if, if you've got more money. Um, and they Rich. were made, yeah, <laughs> they were made of human hair until horses were introduced to Egypt, and then some were made of human hair and horse hair. Um, men and women of all social classes applied cosmetics, and they were used to enhance personal appearance and also for health. So some examples of stuff they used. Uh, red ochre. Egyptian women often used that this natural pigment as a lipstick and cheek stain. So they'd grind it finely, mix it with water and apply it with a brush to the lips and face. Now that you can powder. <laughs> <laughs> Acceptable. Uh, I, I, I think you can powder anything if you put your, put your mind to it. Rhea's getting inspirational again. Getting <laughs> She's getting defensive about her powdered poops. Um, so coal it's one of the more famous ones that came out of Egypt and it was made from heavy metals with high concentrations of lead salts and though lead's normally really poisonous the Egyptians processed and filtered the materials for up to 30 days before making the eyeliner so it actually had quite low levels of lead and that those low levels of lead actually protected their eyes from the sun and when mixed with um like moisture on the skin helped fight off infections oh nice. so i guess it was like antibacterial a bit yeah yeah oh, but cool. also don't rub lead on yourself no like i feel like there are we got, some don't tell me what now. to do <laughs> um so to do their brows egyptian women would use burnt almonds to fill them in And they'd use henna to dye their fingernails yellow and orange. Um, They'd use castor, sesame and moringa. I haven't heard of oil that they'd use to hydrate the skin and to prevent wrinkles. Um, They made soap paste out of clay and olive oil. Um, They really loved honey and milk and they'd use it for masks and baths. Um, so honey was popular because it smelled sweet and is hydrating. And um, they often mix milk and honey to make face masks 
and it's believed that Cleopatra took milk baths as a skincare treatment. Um, they also use salt from the Dead Sea because um, it replenishes minerals that you lose when you sweat. And they also would rub ointment on their feet, especially the soles, um, because they were normally, well, most of them were barefoot and it acted as an insect repellent as well as sunscreen. Hmm. Um, tiny bit left. So spell 125 from the Egyptian Book of the Dead prohibits one from speaking the spell unless you are clean, dressed in fresh clothes, shod in white sandals, painted with eye paint and anointed with the finest oil of myrrh. So it's like all tied into their afterlife beliefs. Um, so just going to finish with this quote, which I liked, which is applying cosmetics as well as the use of other means of maintaining one's health and appearance was necessary not only for a more pleasant time on Earth, but for the soul's eternal form in the next phase of existence. Oh, nice. And that was shorter than I thought it was going to be. Oh, so I think good. that was a good amount. I liked those. Um, I like the self-care. I like the self-care more than the medicine, although the medicine was way better than the corpse medicine. So... Uh, I don't even I don't even know what you're saying. Yeah, cause... no, corpse medicine's great. I'm definitely going to use it. I yeah. personally love it when a doctor tells me to eat a fresh ass liver. <laughs> I'm really glad you said liver. Fresh ass liver. Well, instead of a, just a fresh ass. Yeah, please don't, please don't do it either. Okay, also, so guys, husband yeah. of the anus. Husband of the anus. Herdsman of the anus. Come on. Well, yeah, I feel like that's Rhea's title. What a title. I'm not a herdsman. <laughs> but I am an anus. So. <laughs> okay, guys, let me tell you mine. Mine doesn't have anything to do with butts. Um, I've actually oh, gone for what? the, I know, right? Um, for the wildly popular Korean skincare. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about um, the history of these and then talk about them now because they're massively popular at the moment so um, uh, I think what we call it um, K-beauty um, is something that's massively in the market at the moment but basically there's records of um, sort of 2,000 years ago in Korea uh, women using various different plants uh, ground mung bean castor oils camellia oils apricots and peaches um, and various different things to help with moisturizing and looking after their skin getting rid of wrinkles uh, removing freckles and liver spots apparently that's what the april and peach oil is sorry apricot and peach oil was for um, and then ground rice and millet blended with water as well, which has uh, meant to help for spots. So peach oil sounds really delicious, doesn't it? Apricot and peach oil, I feel, is something that I would put on some ice cream, mm -hmm. maybe vanilla ice cream. Anyway, so what we're going to do now is talk about um, K-Beauty. Do you guys use any K-Beauty products? No. no. Are you aware of them? No. Sure. So you've been living under a bridge. I don't know. Under a bridge? Under a rock. <laughs> I just call you a troll. <laughs> Who's that trip trapping across my bridge? <laughs> do you do any regimes? No, you're a troll. <laughs> I'm here to push women back 50 years. Um, no, so basically the beauty industry is currently pretty obsessed with Korean beauty. 
Um, and one of the things that makes them very popular is that they're using natural products, um, which basically means that what you're putting on your skin is quite gentle, but it seems to be quite effective as well. They also have apparently a very famous like 12 step skincare routine. Um, I thought I was pretty good with my skincare routine and that I do wash my face. <laughs> in the evening in the morning and use like a serum and a moisturizer oh but God. apparently i'm missing 10 steps rich R- rich you can get wash decent... your face in the morning and the evening god <laughs> i know you soap for that i know right apparently i shouldn't because it dries it out but i find it works nicely anyway <laughs> because this is the weirding hour i'm not just going to tell you about skin products because that would be boring i'm gonna tell you. you about their weirder skin products and i love it so the first one I'm going to talk about is snail mucin mm. or mucin. Don't you use mucin. that? I have used it. Yeah. So it is basically 97.5% snail slime. <laughs> What's the other 2.5%? I don't know. Like peach oil. Um, Some <laughs> and it's... So it doesn't smell like snails. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Um and it's imp- apparently like incredibly hydrating and promotes collagen production. Um, so one of the biggest selling beauty brands who are called like Mison or Mison um, said the high concentration of snail caretion has significant protective and nourishing qualities. Um, slather the weirdly stretchy snail wrinkle care night cream on at night and wake Ew. up to a plumped and lifted complexion. Is it stretchy? The stuff uh, it's kind of like yeah it's a little bit almost like tacky you know mm. like you could create maybe like if someone blew their nose it's a bit like that <laughs> Sorry. well it's mucin isn't it um that's basically what a snail is it's, it's a sneeze in a shell okay <laughs> harsh i'm basically david attenborough so snail mucin that was number one next one salmon eggs that's right not just for posh people's food, but apparently it is to be really, is it salmon eggs? Is that caviar? Yeah. No, I don't know. Um, yeah, specifically salmon. Yeah. Yeah. Salmon fish. eggs. Oh, maybe yeah. it's just fish eggs. Oh, sorry. I told you. Uh, yeah, it is. Sorry. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> so you can get a salmon egg sleeping pack. And so you put, put this on your face, sleep with it overnight. Um, and it can regulate your moisture and nutrition production with its high vitamin and mineral content. And in Repeated the morning, use, you uh, you wake up with a little load of baby salmons. <laughs> hey, fish face. Hey, fish, fish. babies. Uh, repeated use will enhance the skin's tone, texture, and overall condition. So isn't that nice? I want to know if it smells like salmon. I'm guessing it doesn't. I. These sound to me a bit like ancient Egyptian ones where they're just like yeah sure I think it works I mean the Korean I think there's like massive money in the Korean skincare industry doesn't mean it works I mean no but I guess for it to have maintained popularity Hmm. so next one this one is not vegetarian vegan friendly so yeah Rhea busy yourself are any Um, of them I imagine none of them are. Oh, yeah. Well, this one's definitely not vegetarian friendly. Um, So 
collagen is something that we have in our faces and as we get older it depletes and therefore our face is less like bouncy you know you can see yeah. more of kind of the structure underneath please tell me it's not eating something with collagen in it because i don't think that works no 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 um okay. but basically um they get uh pig collagen um, and they put it into these pots and they slather it onto their face. And apparently it's as potent as a syringe administered version. Um, so the collagen is extracted from pasture raised organic pigs, uh, said one beauty store consultant. Um, and enhanced hydration and significantly increased skin elasticity are the promises. I, I don't know how I, I feel about that. Because I think now Korea doesn't, it has a ban. It's had a ban on it since 2010 of using animals for cosmetic or skincare purposes. Um, however, this will be, you know, I'm guessing pigs who are slaughtered and then using what's left. But I don't like the idea of pig collagen in my face. And I don't like the idea of taking it from the pig. I feel like the pig should keep it. Well, yeah. either the pig dies or the pig has to live with less collagen. And I don't know what that means for the pig. What does that mean for the pig? It won't have such like nice plump bouncy it's skin. It's not so stretchy. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think we should exploit animals. No, I don't think we should. Let's get on to people now. Um, so placenta. Exploiting people. Yeah. Placenta <laughs> wrinkle cream specifically. Oh. So as our skin mm -hmm. ages, uh, our cells don't renew as quickly as they did. So that's what happens with collagen. We don't produce it at the same rate that we used to. And because of that, our skin becomes quite thin. It loses the elasticity um, and the volume in it. So <laughs> it's so gross. Placenta contains really powerful stem cells, which are well regarded for their healing and repairing abilities. So using a cream which has 45% placenta extract uh, delivers a really high amount of nutrients directly to cells which stimulates skin renewal i'm so not convinced i mean i i'm not denying that there's not lots of amazing things that stem cells can do but i just i'm so doubtful that slathering all the slathering <laughs> slathering all of these <laughs> products on your skin lady slathering fucking doing why would it do anything i don't know i mean i think the thing i have is that if you think about the kind of people who look amazing so i don't know like your kate beckinsales and your your jennifer lopez really rich um, people with access to plastic surgeons yeah they well do. yeah i i don't think they are just rubbing salmon's eggs on their faces no I don't think that's what they're doing. They look amazing and it's completely their choice. But I think, I mean, that's the whole beauty industry thing, isn't it? It sells you the idea that you are going to achieve looking a certain way through rubbing a cream on your face. Yeah. And it works, man. It works. The beauty industry is rich, <laughs> rich, rich, rich. What you were saying, the cream works. And I was like, you've just undermined the entire point we're both making together there. <laughs> the cr salmon eggs work, guys. <laughs> go, <laughs> go get yourself some sushi and just smear it on your face. Um, <laughs> in the shop. In the shop, yeah. Before purchase. No, purchase yeah. first. Come no, on. no, before you purchase, pay. Pay after. In the, in the pack. Okay, I'm not well, saying steam pay. it, I'm just saying smush it all over your face, slather it all over your face. And yeah, then, some, um, someone and then fancies you... herself the queen. <laughs> what about lather? Surely slather is like lather. Nobody lather? says lather. 
Oh, oh shit. Yeah, you'll have her <laughs> up in the shower. My Oxford is showing. Do you know what I mean? Right. Okay, so this is my last one. Um, now, there is a product, and I actually really struggled to find out what this is. There is a product called Essence. And this goes somewhere in your skincare routine. So like the 12 step skincare routine involves cleaning and then cleaning and then cleaning and then another toning and then a face mask and then something called an ampoule, which I think is like a little thing of stuff that you open the top of and then smear it on your face. And essence is another one, but it's not the same as serum. I don't know. But anyway. It's it's used in the uh, K-beauty routine and it's designed to target fine lines and wrinkles and works to regenerate skin to make it look younger. So it's magic cream that's made of magic. Um, <laughs> but the main ingredient in, in one of the more popular ones, Essence used, is fermented yeast extract, which now I'm not a scientist, but I believe is the same stuff as Marmite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so using the fermented yeast extract helps to plump skin and refine the texture. It's also cheaper than some of the pricier um, alternatives that have, you know, le le less cheap products in them. Uh, yeast is, is not too expensive. But I want to know if it smells like Marmite. And I also want to know, could I just smear Marmite on my face? Well, it's very <laughs> you salty. You could try. Oh, yeah, it's salty. But is yeast not salty? No, but also some salts are good for your skin. Yeah. Dead Sea. Yeah, it's true. Actually, it's good for you. Isn't that exfoliating? Yeah. Because it basically um, just like... Pulls it off, dries. Yeah. yeah. Pulls it out. But anyway, that was my self-care Korean style. Um, because, yeah, the Korean beauty industry is, is huge. It rose to prominence, I think, in sort of mid-2000... So like 2005 and since then has been growing and I'm going to find out how much it's worth for you right now is the K beauty see this is how easy it is to become a researcher guys do you have a phone yeah yeah who, do, who, who do I call Go so the global the global K beauty market to be worth 21.8 billion by 2026 but that's like all beauty markets like no, no. Compare this is, okay. So compare that to the American beauty market. It's still going to be billions. Oh, that's really depressing. Oh, what? So the U.S. cosmetic market is worth a staggering sixty-two point four six billion. Told you. Yeah, but I mean, they they could well be buying the K beauty. That could be in there. Yeah. Also, Korea, America, huge. Korea, not yeah. as large yeah uh cool. so that was great i loved uh everything about the skincare i loved egyptian self-care rituals and obviously mine was less self-carey and more like pre-care you know just be prepared for when you get ill like this is though a little bit with self-care i suppose if you're going to drink the blood of a gladiator you're probably not ill you're just like yeah i'm gonna I be like this day and age, self-care has, like, different connotations. Yeah, well, we just got to take care of ourselves, man. Yeah. So get yourself a corpse. Get yourself... I feel like self-care now is more like mental health. Yeah. Yes. But I think I think you can include um, kind of looking after yourself physically within that. So people yeah, would yeah. describe, like, makeup, skincare, having a bath, having a 
spa yeah. session, having a having a poop, taking the time to really just have a great Drop have a great dump. <laughs> yeah. So, so how are your crafts, lads? Uh, I put mine in the um in the thingamaboodle already. Oh, there we go. Oh, nice. So is it a skull. Yeah, it's a skull and a body. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, and what did you do, Nino? Um, I started to do hieroglyphs, but I haven't got very far. So I'm going to do my classic and finish it later. Nice. And I have done a snail made Wow, of paper. that's the best, best quilling, quilled snail I have ever seen. You should enter that into an art gallery. I can't believe you managed to make that in this amount of time. And I cannot wait for all our listeners to go onto our social media <laughs> to have a look at it. You're wow. a massive dickhead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's oh. never one to overbill something. So, guys, you really should check it out. Uh, it's uh, honestly the most creative and beautiful thing I think I've ever seen in my entire life. I am almost speechless. <laughs> but, but not, not quite, quite enough. <laughs> not enough to not tell you that you should go and check that out immediately. And Where I, is, uh... I might never have to look at another piece of artwork again. But we do want to look at pieces of artwork again. So please do share any crafts that you make with us on uh, social media with the hashtag weirding hour because we love to see your work right sock hat bag hat sock bag are we going to tell him we're not going to tell him we're no. not telling them okay <laughs> cool. i'm just going to make a really shit snail <laughs> guys bothwell hasn't made anything yet because she doesn't have the material she's going to do it afterwards you but are it's going to be the best snail you've ever seen in your entire life and nothing will ever beat it watching yeah, your children be born yeah watching them grow up get married it'll be nothing nothing bitter empty empty tears and i shall name it the snail of disappointment <laughs> <laughs> which will be ironic because it's so fucking great yeah anyway and so what are we doing next week so cat. Le chat. Le chat magique. Le chat my pants. <laughs> Magically. The cat my pants. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, I've, it's haunted. haunted. Ooh, like it. Like Yay. it, like it. Ghosts. And what crafts do we want to do? Oh, shit. Yeah, good point. Because that's the thing we do. Painting. painting. Nice. Yeah, done. we haven't done painting for a while. Yeah. Paint along with us, guys. Yeah. Any kind of paint you want. If you don't have any paints, just, you know, powder your pencils. That's <laughs> water. Remember, <laughs> you can powder anything if you pound it hard enough. Yeah. We, we believe in you and your hard pounding. Oh. <laughs> 
so sources uh, for our topics can be found in the description of the episode. Uh, if you've got any topic ideas, please email them to weirdinghour at gmail.com and episodes can be found on most podcatching platforms. But you know that because you're here and listening. So thank you for doing that. And we are, yeah, we are so grateful. Thank you to you guys who tune in every week and listen to us tell stories of weirdness and wonder and craft. We appreciate you. Yeah, it's really cool that people are listening. Thank you. Yes, thank you for listening. And goodbye, my sweet, illegitimate children. (laughs) (laughs) Spread the weird. Okay, love you. Bye.